Brain Comedy is proud to present the very latest in edu comedy podcast technology. If you are thinking, how on earth are you going to get through the week without collapsing from exhaustion or emotional trauma, then allow us to help you by providing you with robust evidence that proves nobody else knows what they are doing either. So come with us now and enter Ed. And welcome to Headmastermind. Our contestant tonight is once again Mrs. Ambrose, a head teacher from St. Magnus Primary School. Mrs. Ambrose, your chosen specialist subject is your head's report to governors, and your time starts now. When reporting on the levels of achievement in maths across the school, you state that there is a dip in progress for the Black Irish Russian Orthodox Christian group of pupils in year three. Should we be concerned about this? No. And why not? Uh, he's left. The number of behaviour incidents logged during lunchtime has dramatically reduced this term. Why is that? Um, Our new behaviour policy is really starting to have an impact. I'm afraid the correct answer is you forgot to fill in the box. What, according to your report, is the number one excuse parents have given for taking their children out of school during term time? The death of a grandparent. And how many grandparents' funerals, on average, have each of these children now attended? 24. On the 15th of December 2018, you made an executive decision to close the school. What was the reason you gave to the parents and governors? To allow the children to attend a protest on climate change. And what did it have absolutely nothing to do with? The morning after the staff Christmas party. On page 8 of your report, you claim that staff costs make up what percentage of your school budget? 210%. And what difference will the government's additional funding for schools make to this figure? About 0.035%. No, the correct answer is 0.0035%. On page 4 of your report, you list the winners of the school talent show. Who were they? Um, the chair of Governor's Son, the vice chair's daughter, with the clerk to Governor's Twins coming in joint third. In the recent parent survey, what was the most common complaint about the school? Communication. I'll need a little bit more than that, I'm afraid. Um, they said that there wasn't enough. A bit more? Except for when there was too much. A little bit more, please. What? Um, I don't... Oh, such a shame. The correct answer was communication, with some parents feeling that there isn't enough, whilst others feeling there is too much, and others saying that it's somewhere in the middle but that they're still not happy. Hard luck there, Mrs Ambrose. You almost had it. You can't win them all. Indeed. But you leave tonight with eight points. Well done. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. How long since your last confession? Uh, This is my first time, Father. I I only joined the governing body last week. And what do you wish to confess, my child? I don't understand anything. When the other governors talk, it's like they're speaking in tongues. You are young. That is to be expected. But the other meeting, I I didn't know what to say, so I panicked and I looked at what my neighbour had written down on their minutes and I claimed it as my own. And so what did you say? Don't forget to buy milk on the way home. Say three Hale Academies when you go home tonight, and I'll book you in for next week. Bless you, Father. May the Lord Gib keep you in peace. 
thank you all for coming today. As you know, we have had numerous reports of children being recruited online and turned into child soldiers. There are signs to look out for that could indicate your child has become a vicious, killing machine. For example, when tidying their bedroom, do you notice a large arsenal of weapons hidden behind the computer? Sniper rifles, shotguns, long-range rocket launchers, anything like that could be a clue that they are a highly skilled battle warrior. Other signs include occasional rhythmic spasms that take over their entire body, often in a flossing motion. It would appear that we have once again been misinformed. The children are not part of an elite fighting force. You lot just need to learn how to better manage their screen time. Thank you. Who's behind this, Detective? The raven or the creepy bear? Is it true there's treasure in the tomato tunnel, Detective? Can you floss, Detective? Have you got a moment to go through some of the student council ideas to improve the school? Sure. Always happy to listen to pupil voice. Great. First up, how do you feel about a swimming pool in the playground? Uh, no. Swimming pool on the roof? Nope. Swimming pool in the hall? No. Swimming pool in your office? No. My office? No. Okay. Then, school pet? Cat? No. Dog? No. Stick insects? No. Goat? No. Lobster? No. Unicorn? No. Peacock? No. Otter? No. Hello, and welcome to Book Look, where we review the latest book releases for children. Joining me, of course, is our revered reviewer, Sean Feather. Hello, Adam. Now, Sean, this week's book is written by a titan of children's literature. We all know him by his wondrous wordplay that ties your tongue in twists. It is, of course, none other than Dr Puce. Gosh, Adam, that's quite an introduction. Well, I should probably declare it now, Sean. I am a massive fan. There is actually, Adam, a retrospective revision of his work being done at the moment in literary circles. I'm not surprised, Sean, because his books are just brilliant. No, sorry, Adam. I mean that his work is now starting to attract criticism for some of its casual prejudices. What? Well, take his most famous book, The Pig in a Wig. Hilarious. That is one of my favourites. It's actually a deeply offensive attack on feminism, where the ugly pig is forced to wear a wig in order to be accepted by those around her. Really? I just thought it was about a pig who dreams of having long blonde hair. And what about the casual sexism and misogyny of there's a wowser in my trouser? Well, I'll admit that one hasn't aged particularly well, but what about his classic Purple Cheese and Spam? That one is innocent enough, isn't it? If you think discriminating against vegans is innocent, Adam. Yes, I mean, no, no, of course not. So, um, what about his latest book, The Shirker in a Burka? Do you think that one is, um, okay? What do you think, Adam? Thumbs down? Thumbs down, Adam. So there you have it, listeners. Thumbs down. Thumbs down, massive frown. Thumbs down, massive frown. Run that writer out of town. Goodbye. You are currently listening to Ed You Land. 33% more useful than your last performance management review. Wednesday, 17th of October, 2018. As I stood by my office door, struggling to untangle my school lanyard from the zip of my satchel, I was confronted by Mr Lean, who, in his usual sullen manner, inquired as to whether the children would be going out to play that morning. 
I told him that I could see no reason why we should suffer the indignity of a wet play when there was not a drop of moisture on the ground, save for a small patch next to the hopscotch where I presumed Mrs Blythe had once again dropped her cup of tea on the way back from her early morning cigar. Mr Lean's eyes narrowed, like two angry snakes in a bin, saying that it was the wind that he was worried about and not, to use his parlance, the lack of chuffing rain. I responded in as neutral a tone as I could muster, that unless the heavens saw fit to open, the children would not only be going outside for play, but for lunch as well. Later, around noon, as I stood in the centre of the playground, surrounded by a frenzy of children, all attempting to take flight by opening up their jackets whilst leaping up into the air, screaming as they did so as if they were on fire, I noticed, with some irritation, Mr Lean looking down on me from the comfort of the staff room, a still smile fixed firmly on his face. Leading Britain's conversation on teaching and learning, TLC Radio, with Mick Mazda in the afternoon. The time now just coming up to two o'clock. Today sees the publication of the results for the new tests given to children in primary school. And yes, you've guessed it. Teachers aren't very happy about it. The teaching unions are coming out in force to say that exams for five-year-olds are an unnecessary evil that damage children's self-esteem. Now, I'm sorry, but we've got to get beyond all this touchy-feely claptrap, haven't we? I didn't do well at school, but didn't do me any harm. My parents still managed to get me into the family business and I've never looked back. So I really don't see what all the fuss is about. Is it, I wonder, just another excuse for teachers to avoid accountability? Cecil, you're on line one. Have your say. I remember tests. I sat next to Jennifer and I didn't mind at all. How old are you, Cecil? I'm 19... 95. And you're still alive and well. You are, sir, if I may say so, what makes this country great. I didn't mind tests. Well, I, for one, think the young of today could learn a thing or two about just getting on with it from you, Cecil, and your generation. I got to sit next to Jennifer. Happy memories. She had wonderful Thank you, Cecil. Apologies there if you heard a technical fault on the line. Uh, We wish you all the very best, Cecil, and thank you for calling. Now, we do actually have a teacher on the line now. This will be fun. Uh, Karen, you're on TLC Radio. Have your say. Mick, I don't think it's the children's self-esteem we're worried about. It's more the value of the tests themselves. Hang on a minute. You've caught me off guard a bit there. You're saying it's not the children's self-esteem you're worried about? No, it's the values of the tests themselves. I mean, formally testing a five-year-old is a ridiculous... I am speechless. I really am. So, telling a poor young five-year-old that they're a failure, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? No, of course there is. Uh, But you just said it's not the children's self-esteem you're worried about, didn't you? Those are your words, Karen, aren't they? I think we all know what you mean by them. I'm just shocked that a teacher would say that telling a five-year-old that they're an absolute good-for-nothing idiot is not going to damage their self-esteem. Mick, 
you're deliberately misinterpreting my words, which is quite frankly ridiculous and bloody annoying. Oh, my apologies, listeners, for Karen's appalling use of language there, from a teacher, no less. I do hope no offence was taken. Uh, We've just got time for one more call. Tommy, what do you think? You're on TLC Radio. Have your say. I couldn't agree with you more. Thank God we've ended up with someone talking sense. Coming up now at quarter past two on TLC Radio, it's the news. TLC Radio, leading Britain's conversation on teaching and learning. Evening, Mac. Ah, damn this weather. Sorry if I've kept you waiting, Paul. Not at all. Busy day? It's all kicked off, Paul. What's happened? Absolutely massive fraud investigation. Oh my god! Who? You know I've had my suspicions about Gavin. All year he's been underperforming. And that's not just my opinion, Paul. Everyone's been saying it. All the indicators show that Gavin was not going to hit the targets by the end of the year. He sounds like quite the rotten apple. To the very core, Paul. But then, suddenly, Gavin knocks it out the park. Really? Completely aces every independent assessment we throw at him. Statistical analysis. Writing a recipe. Identifying 2D shapes. You name something Gavin can't do, and I'll show you his latest test paper which proves that he can. You think he's been cheating, Mac? Oh, this is way beyond cheating, Paul. I took a closer look at the papers, and well, I think I've uncovered his entire underground network. That sounds pretty big. Oh, it goes way beyond Willow class, Paul. If my hunch is right, I'd say he's also been extracting information from Sycamore class, and even the poor saplings from Acorn. You're kidding! Do I look like I'm kidding, Paul? How's he been doing it, Mac? Whenever there's a test, Gavin makes his way to the medical room, bides his time, until the test is over, and then pumps kids for information using wagon wheels as bait. What kid could say no to two stale biscuits sandwiched together with mallow and jam? I know, but I found a trail of wrappers leading right to his peg. I guess you could say the wheels finally came off his wagon. Indeed. Gavin's looking at having to repeat the entire year. Good for you, Mac. You never give up, do you? It's days like this, Paul, that make me think teaching seven-year-olds really is the best job in the world. The school council were very interested in no uniform Mondays. No. Trainers on Tuesdays. No. Onesie Wednesday. No. Thundercats Thursdays. No. Fortnite Friday. No. Fortnite Fortnite. No. Water fountains in every class. No. Oh, uh, maybe. That dispense chocolate milk. No. Compulsory use of scooters in the corridors. No. Segways? No. Zip wire? No. Escalators? No. Replace all stairs with a series of interconnecting slides. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Layman. Thanks for waiting, yeah? Come on in. Hey, look, guys, I really appreciate that this isn't the first time I've called you in to discuss Sammy. 
What did he do this time? George. What? We might as well cut to the chase. Yeah, I'm afraid it's, um, it's not quite as simple as that. Whatever he did, we support the school's decision. How many days do you want him excluded for? <laughs> hey, look, no one's talking exclusion, right? Okay, just a few of us feel he'd benefit from a transition. What does that mean? Is that a fancy term for moving schools? No, no, no. What we mean is we think it would be best if Sammy transitioned and became a girl. Sorry, what? A girl? Yeah. Sorry, why on earth would Sam becoming a girl help things? Well, we've noticed a few things really, guys, which we believe indicate this is what Sam wants. Like what? Well, for starters, the head of department overheard him talking to a group of his friends, saying that he'd give anything to be a girl for 24 hours. Are you sure it wasn't with a girl for 24 hours? Because he has developed quite a crush on Amanda Tooting. Oh yeah, quite sure, Mrs Lehman. Oh, well then... Oh, what? Oh, come on, he's a teenage boy. He just means, you know, he'd love the chance to explore a woman's, you know, body. Oh, so uh, you think he's unhappy in his own body? Ah, interesting. No, he's just a hormonal teenager who wants to, well, you know. Hmm, I think it's rather more complex than that, Mr Layman. So he's often found trying to go into the girls' toilets, and as you can imagine, that is making the girls feel kind of rather uncomfortable. Okay, well, that is wrong. That needs to stop. But if he was a girl, then we eliminate the problem. So he would be expected to use the girls' toilets? She would be expected to, yeah. Isn't this a bit, you know, using a sledgehammer to crush his nuts? George! Guys, I know it seems like a big decision, but trust me, we've supported a number of boys transition to girls, and it really has improved behaviour around the school, especially in the toilets. We now have far fewer girls reporting that boys are in there causing a nuisance. That's because they're all bloody girls! You don't think that's why Sam is going in there, do you, Mr Matt? To be with all his new girlfriends? Do you know what I think? I think either way... Sammy's going to be much happier. Sorry, I think I'm having a hard time coming to terms with this. I've got a pamphlet. I'm going to give it to you. I think it's really going to help. It just seems a bit extreme. The alternative to transitioning is permanent exclusion. Now, we don't want to do that. Uh, do you? I did always say I wanted a girl. There we go. Look, do we have to decide now? No, sure. You guys need some time to get your head around all this. Uh, I can give you the weekend to think it over. Right, well, we'll talk to him this evening. Oh, thanks, Mr and Mrs Layman. You guys have been really open-minded. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Head teacher, it has been a long time since you came to confession. Four years and two terms, Father. And what do you wish to confess? Nothing. Well then, why are you here? But that's it, Father. I don't do anything. I hide in my office all day. I turn up late to assemblies. I pretend I'm on the phone to avoid meetings. I go to conferences just so I can have a lie-in. But this is the path you've chosen, head teacher. Nobody said it was going to be so easy. Well, the Lord Gibb works in mysterious ways. So, am I forgiven? My child, there is nothing to forgive. Peace be with you. Alexander has spent most of the night preparing an extensive inquiry-led learning menu. In a bold move, 
Alexander will allow Greg to help himself to the learning morsels from the educational smorgasbord that has been lovingly prepared. Right, Alex, what exactly have we got here? It looks like a buffet. Well, yes, I suppose it is. An all-you-can-learn buffet. Now, that's not really teaching, is it? But, well, let's get stuck in. Uh, I'll have a bit of this, uh, a bit of that, and what's this? Ooh, that is lovely. I'll have a dollop of that. Uh, drizzle a bit of this on there, squirt this on top, and right, let's see how this goes down. What do you think? I'm really confused. What's this all about, Alex? It's meant to be about the Irish potato famine. Well, I'm not getting that at all. To be fair, I didn't think you'd just dive in the way you did. Look, you took a risk, Alex, but it didn't pay off. You know, a little bit more direct instruction in there, and I might have learned something. But I wanted it to be fun. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Alex, but this potato famine really isn't any fun at all. Ugh. Just when you thought a class assembly was the most difficult thing to get through, Ed, you, la- Hello, I'm Martha Moonshine, and welcome to Crafty Fun, where I show you how being creative in the classroom doesn't mean ruining your manicure. Today, we're looking at working with clay, or for our early years specialists, the grown-up Play-Doh that you shouldn't eat. To begin with, give each child a slap of clay the size of their face and encourage them to experiment with mark making. For the uninitiated, mark making is doing whatever they want to the clay and claiming it isn't awful. Once most of the clay is either stuck to the table or trodden into the carpet, it's time to begin. Ask the children to sculpt the clay into their favorite animal. Allow them total creative freedom, safe in the knowledge that they will all eventually end up with a squash turtle. At this point, it's time to fire their clay creations by baking them in a kiln. If you don't have a kiln, you can try popping them in a microwave, sauna, or very hot bath. Any pieces that haven't cracked, smashed, or exploded can then be decorated. The children can achieve this with specialist ceramic paint, or better still, at home. And that's all for this week. See you next time for more crafty fun with me, Martha Moonshine. Bye-bye. Yes? It's Mrs. Harris to see you again, sir. Capital. Do send her in. Ah, Mrs. Harris. So good of you to meet with me this morning. I came as fast as I could, Headmaster. Would you care for a seat? Thank you. Now, Mrs. Harris, I'm afraid I have some rather serious news. Whatever is it, Headmaster? It's young Tommy, I'm afraid, and it is, as I said, quite, quite serious. Is he all right? I don't quite know how to break this to you, Mrs. Harris, but Tommy has, well... Yes? He's been cited deliberately flaunting one of our most sacred rules. It's not his haircut, is it, Headmaster? Not in a manner of speaking, no. It's not too long? No. Or too short? Uh, The length, Mrs Harris, is perfectly acceptable. But then... But the colour, Mrs Harris, the colour of Tommy's hair, well, that is quite a different matter altogether. But what's wrong with his hair colour, Headmaster? I must say, Mrs Harris, I'm quite shocked that you even have to ask. But it's the same it's always been. And therein lies the problem, Mrs Harris. Uh, 
You've lost me. Far be it for me to comment on the pedigree of Tommy's ancestry, Mrs Harris, but you cannot deny that the natural tint of Tommy's hair is not in keeping with school expectations. What are you saying? I'm saying, Mrs Harris, that Tommy's hair is pecan brown and school policy clearly states that all hair should be walnut brown. Walnut brown? Yes, it's only a trifle darker, but I can assure you, Mrs Harris, a trifle makes all the difference. All the difference. I'm not sure... I mean, can you imagine the school photograph, Mrs Harris? One little pecan sticking out like a rogue tongue. It would be absolute anarchy. No, of course, Headmaster. So, what do we do? Well, we'll need to temporarily exclude him, obviously. Oh, right. Whilst you, Mrs Harris, take this bottle of our very own walnut brown hair tonic for boys and administer three treatments. Three treatments? At least. And then Tommy can come back to school? With his glossy-haired head held high. Right you are, Headmaster. Bless you, Mrs Harris. Bless you. Yes? Anthony Spitfield's mother is here to see you, sir. Anthony Spitfield? The boy with the haircut. Oh, yes. Send her in, please. Right away. Bring your teddy to school day. No. Bring your granny to school day. No. Ice cream van in the playground. No. Laser quest in the big hall. No. In the small hall. No. Day off on your birthday. No. Two hour lunch break. No. Three hour lunch break. No. Okay, compromise. 2.45. No. 2.10. No. 1.45. No. 1.30. No. Morning, Sergeant. Oh, morning, sir. You seem in pretty high spirits this morning. So would you be, Sergeant, if you'd had the massive surge of followers like I had last night? Oh, that is good news, sir. It's all down to the Twitter poll I ran yesterday. I thought we weren't allowed to use those anymore, sir, on account of them being, uh, oh, what was it? Unreliable blunt weapons of propaganda. Well, I think that's a little harsh, Sergeant. What was your poll about, sir? Do you want us to win or them to lose? Oh, I see. And the results, Sergeant, were unanimous. Jolly good, sir. And it's brought us in some new recruits. By the Twitter load. They'll be joining your men shortly. Oh, just in time for them to go over the top, sir. Exactly. How ready are the men, Sergeant? To go over the top, I mean. Oh, very ready, sir. They've been scrolling through the enemy's timeline for two days solid now. Drafting subtweets. All fully armed with gift grenades. Of course, sir. Gosh! The men really are going over the top with this one, aren't they? Oh, I should say so. Ah! Here are the new boys. Ready, Sergeant? As will ever be, sir. Tweeters, compose, tag, send. Ha <laughs> Look at them go, Sergeant. Over the top. Every single one of them. Oh, no, sir. What is it? Look, over there. Hell's bells. What is that? That's a shame blimp, sir. A shame blimp? But some of our men are running straight for it. They've gone a bit over the top, I think, sir. Some of the lads have started to shame the enemy. Damn it, Sergeant. Don't they know that shaming's a war crime? They're tweeting blind, sir. Look, they're running straight into... Oh, well. You know what to do, Sergeant. Unfollow them immediately, sir. And put out an official blog condemning the use of shaming. Very good, Sergeant. And I'll drum up another Twitter poll about how shaming shamers is even more shameful than shaming. All right, Sergeant. Dismissed.
Okay, Mrs. Taylor, everything looks fine for the birth. I'm going now, but the registrar will be with you very shortly, okay? Yes, thank you. Now, let's have a look here. Oh, hello, Mrs. Taylor. Oh, God. Not quite. It's Mr. Needle. Theo's... Theo's dad. Yes, I remember. I bet you didn't think you'd be bumping into me today. Oh, uh, uh. oh another contraction. No, I just really can't believe it's you. I was meaning to have a chat with you, actually, about Theo's class next year. Mm, I'm afraid now really isn't a good time. Oh, I don't know. Looking at the state of things down there, I'd say we've got a couple of hours at least. Is there not another registrar? Oh, God! Now, I've done us both some copies of the class list, and you can see where I've highlighted who Theo wanted to be placed with next year. Mr Needle, this is absurd. I'm in labour. Just a quick look. In between contractions. I really don't think I can, on account of the small human currently trying to vacate my womb. Talking of which... I just don't understand why you didn't put Theo with any of his friends. Look, I tried very hard to accommodate everyone's needs. Everyone apart from Theo's, it would seem. Everything okay here? Look, the truth is, nobody likes Theo because his dad is a massive pain in the arm. Breathe, Mrs Taylor, breathe. Don't worry, Mr Needle. Women in labour often say things they don't mean. How did you know she was talking about me? Just a hunch. Oh, that's me. I'll be back soon. Well, I'm afraid if Theo can't be in the class he wants, I'll have to look at private tutoring. Sounds like a great idea. I was thinking you might be able to teach him one-to-one. Well, seeing as you'll be on maternity leave. What? He's very fond of you, you know. Give me that list. There. I've made all the changes you've requested. Now can I please get on with having this baby? That's very kind of you, Mrs Taylor. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Tell you what, give me an epidural and we'll call it quits. And now the teaching forecast, issued by the teaching unions on behalf of the Department for Education. The area forecasts for the next 24 hours. Viking class, new parent expectations high. Behaviour, unreasonable, with rising temperatures likely. Chance of reprieve, poor. Dogger's gate, small group resistance unnecessarily loud. Behaviour, severe outburst imminent. Chance of reprieve, unlikely. Fitzroy shed, lone worker veering off course. Concerning. Behaviour. Tomfoolery escalating rapidly. Chance of reprieve. Nil. Shannon's phone. Confiscation ending shortly. Behaviour. Moderate to good, but likely to change. Chance of reprieve. Fair. Fastnet ICT suite. Enthusiasm hampered by slow speeds. Behaviour. Inappropriate browsing spreading rapidly. Chance of reprieve. High, with rising levels of denial. Dover class, PTA drifting, causing disturbance. Behaviour, mild swearing, veering ominously. Chance of reprieve, moderate. You have been listening to Ed New Land. A brained comedy production for nobody in particular. The script was written and performed by Tim Browns and Elise Wayne. 
If you did not enjoy this podcast, then we advise you to listen to it again, whilst imagining you are listening to something funnier. Goodbye for now and see you next time, when we invite you to enter. Ed.